Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Greetings. God bless you. Welcome to our little radio broadcast today. I'm hoping that you're feeling fantastic and we have a wonderful word to share with you. The title of my message today is Preach the Word. Glory to God. Preach the Word. I'm going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And the word of the Lord says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Glory to God. Paul the Apostle Paul, here he's writing, and, and literally it's at the end of his journey here in Scripture. In verse 6 and 7 of that same chapter, it says, I, Paul says of himself, I am being poured out like a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Who is he talking to? Well, here he is counseling Timothy his young protege pastor, giving Timothy sound godly counsel of how he is to run the church of the living God. Paul uses strong words like, I charge you. Do you know what that means? He's commanding him. I charge you. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Be watchful. Endure afflictions. Do the work. Fulfill your ministry. All these words are great advice for any young and aspiring pastor or preacher throughout the ages. The one thing that stands out from among that advice is preach the word. Today, in our generation, it seems that many pastors are not really preaching the word. There is so much pressure today for pastors not to preach God's word. Sad to say, I know of church boards which tell their pastors exactly what to preach or else. There are church growth experts that say, if you want to keep your church packed each and every week, you're supposed to address the people's felt needs. 
Encourage them always. Learn to be a storyteller, a comedian, a psychologist, a, a motivational speaker. People have to feel good. They have to feel special or they won't come back. Some churches have even gone to the next level, the next extreme. I like to say it's, uh, they've gone Hollywood or they've gone Broadway. They have Broadway-style services and stage entertainment. They have the best light shows in town, the best pyrotechnics uh, available. They have the best musical groups and the best singers that can be found and the best technical equipment money can buy. Even the sanctuary itself has been changed and remodeled to create a theater-style presentation. I've been in churches where the whole place has been painted black and you walk in and it looks like a nightclub. They'll do anything just to pack the people in. Let me tell you, the reality is a true biblical pastor has only one option. And you know what that option is? Preach the word. Paul wrote to Timothy, the time will come when people will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn to fables. They will not endure sound doctrine. And, and he says that they will heap onto themselves teachers who will scratch their itchy ears. You know what that means? They will bring to themselves teachers who will make them feel good, who will tell them funny jokes, who will tell them great stories and the sad reality that we have today is so many times in so many different locations, people will come in, they're not uh, uh, feeling terrible at all, they don't, they don't have any reason to feel guilty about sin or anything, and the whole service has become one big show, a big concert, a big comedian fest, and at the end of service, they'll walk out and say, man, that was a great service today, and then go right back to living the same way they lived before they entered the doors. How sad. See, preaching the uncompromised, infallible, unpregnable word of God, it isn't easy. So often the word of God offends. It really is uh, offensive to people. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, God's word is like a hot knife cutting right through butter. It cuts both ways. It cuts to the speaker delivering the word, and it cuts to the hearer listening to the word. Many people come to me after church and they say, woo, pastor, that was a hard word that you preached today. That word really hurt me. And my response is, I'm sorry, I was trying to kill you. The reality is, aren't we supposed to die to self? The Bible tells us to kill, to crucify our flesh. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to think about it, but that's the reality. This is a daily walk of denial of ourself, surrendering our will unto God. You know, Jesus Christ himself was a stumbling block. The Bible says he was a stone of offense. 
Romans 9.33, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 1 Peter 2.8, it says, A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. Let's talk a little bit about the message of the cross. 1 Corinthians 1.23, But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let me tell you the truth, saints of God. Biblical pastors are never permitted to trim down the message or to water it down, if you will, to tailor it to people's needs or to people's desires. 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, it says, And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. 1 Corinthians 2.2 For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, brethren, Paul, his goal was never to entertain, but instead to preach Christ and Him crucified and risen from the dead. To faithfully preach the Word of God should be the heart of every pastor, and it really should be the heart of every believer. And I'll get there in a few moments. Any other approach will leave room for speculation and wandering and waffling. It allows human emotion and intellect and, most important, the flesh to run free. No human wisdom or human message is stamped with the divine authority except God's word. How can any pastor or any man dare to change or dampen down the word of God? How can anyone substitute God's word with their own message or their own agenda? You see, the reality is when people start to do that, that's how cults are formed. Paul told Timothy, be faithful in and out of season. Not only are pastors to preach the word of God, but we are to do it when it's comfortable and when it's not comfortable, when it's tolerated and when it's not tolerated, whether people stay or whether people go. Let's face it. Most churches today, right? The church of Laodicea. It's a lukewarm church. So many places are lukewarm. They've watered down the word, the word of God, and there's a mixture of hot and cold, a mixture of the world and a mixture of the Lord. The authentic and absolute word of God, sad to say, in many cases has become passé, antiquated, outdated, old-fashioned. Many will call it religious, and some will even say it's irrelevant, it's stiff, it's boring, and it's unnecessary. Many churchgoers don't want preaching anymore 
They want to be entertained. They want the rock bands and the theater. They want church to be an experience that will satisfy them on their terms. They don't come to church anymore for the presence of God or for the conviction from the Holy Spirit which leads to everlasting life. I call it menu-driven Christianity, where people say, well, you know what? I have a John 3, 16, but please hold Galatians 5, 16. That one's a little too tough for me. Paul said to Timothy, be ready in and out of season. Be ready. In the Greek, that word is apistem, apistem, uh, whoa, Lord have mercy, aphistomy. There it is, aphistomy, to stand beside. It means be prepared for action. Like a guard on duty, always be ready on high alert, ready for action. Be vigilant and watchful. He tells Timothy, go and preach the word. Paul had an explosive eagerness himself to preach the word. Like the prophet Jeremiah, who said in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Paul told Timothy, don't be reluctant, but be ready. He was like, not hesitation, but fearlessness. Not motivation, but God's holy word. He said, reproof, rebuke, and exhort. Paul gives Timothy further counsel of what tone should be. Two words are negative, they deal with correction, while the other word is positive, exhortation, dealing with praise. A preacher or a teacher who fails to rebuke or reproof is really failing at his calling. A preacher that fails to confront sin, especially in the kind of world that we're living in now, is uh, failing at his calling. People's greatest need of all is to acknowledge their own sin, to confess it to God and overcome it by the power of the Holy Spirit. That word exhort in the Greek means parakaleo. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It means to encourage. A good and sound biblical preacher or teacher should confront sin and then encourage the sinner to repent and turn to Christ. From verse 2, they should do this with great patience and instruction. Paul, talking to to the Thessalonians, says in 1 Thessalonians 2.11, As you know how we exhorted, and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. See, there can be no compromise when it comes to the word and sharing the word. No matter what you see, long faces, I call them the long face Larrys, the Debbie Downers, and if that's, if that's your name, hallelujah, have some grace for me, praise God. It's just an expression. But we're supposed to preach the word no matter what we see. Verse 3, the time will come when the people will not endure sound doctrine. 2 Timothy 3, 1, it says, but mark this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Similarly, 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, it says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Let me tell you, preaching the word, sharing the gospel, is never going to be easy. We see this oftentimes today. Many pastors have lost their tolerance 
for confrontive preaching. We see homosexuality among many other sins that are endured and tolerated. Churches are dominated by political correctness, being extra careful not to offend. We see churches ignoring biblical teaching on women's roles in the church, and it then produces strong Jezebel spirits. We see churches led by human intellect and feelings and emotions, but not at all by the Holy Spirit. This is evidence of serious doctrinal compromise, in other words, error. Paul told Timothy, never soften the message so that the people could just relate to it. Paul told Timothy, be willing to suffer for preaching the truth. And he told him, preach without compromise. Verse 4, even still, people will turn away their ears from the truth and will believe a lie. They will believe fables. In the last days now, people have become victims of their own refusal to hear the truth. The Bible says that they will turn away, which means a willful choice to rebel, to turn away from the truth. They will turn instead to lies and fables and myths and even old wives' tales. They become pawns of the enemy and they're even used by the devil and trying to reach others to follow suit. John 8, 42-47, Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceedeth forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convic convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. See, God's truth doesn't tickle our ears. God's truth, it often, it often offends and it hurts. It, it burns up sin. It reproofs. It corrects. It rebukes. It convicts. But then it also exhorts. It encourages, it heals, it builds up, it saves, and it produces life, and it produces lasting fruit. This is the proper balance, love and law, truth, unperverted. Reproof, rebuke, but also remember to exhort. As a parent disciplines his child, so God does so his children. Many preachers are gifted orators. They gather large crowds and have large followings. They're great storytellers, great entertainers. They have even dynamic personalities, but the reality is they have no power. No preacher can ever preach with power if he's not preaching the absolute word of God. People, the church, listen closely. The gospel doesn't need a makeover. The people do. The bride of Christ, we need the makeover. Today, here publicly, for all to hear, I'm taking a public stand for Jesus Christ. I'm affirming to you as you listen in that I will not water down the word of God. I will not compromise the word to gain church members or even to win favor with the people. 
I will deliver each week the very word that the Holy Spirit gives me to say, no matter what. If you wish for your emotions to be fed or your feelings to be stirred, you might be listening to the wrong show or maybe even the wrong person. But as a bondservant of Christ, I will allow God to use me as he wills for his purpose. Let me remind you that we are in perilous times. We're at the end of the road as Paul was in his life. He ran the race. He finished strong. He kept the faith without compromise. Will we run our race? Will we finish strong? Will we keep the faith? I often say, just like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will, we shall serve the Lord. In my conclusion, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Guess what? You might be thinking after hearing this message that this message is really exclusive to church leaders, to pastors, to teachers. But the reality is this church, excuse me, this message is for you. Tag, you're it. That's right. That means you. If you are a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, that means you are the preacher today. Every Christian is charged by the Lord God himself to go ye, therefore, and preach the good news. These are Jesus' own words for every believer. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what the good news is today? What is the good news? Are you able to share the good news with those in your circle of influence, with those in your family, with your coworkers, with your friends, with people you meet on the road? What is the good news? Let me tell you briefly. Jesus came here and walked among us as a man, as a man in the flesh. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He shed perfect, innocent blood to pay your debt, to pay my debt. Jesus made a way where there was no way. He reconciled us back to God. He says, all in him shall live. Jesus is called the second Adam. For in Adam, everyone dies. But in Jesus, everyone lives. Glory to God. That's great news. That is good news. Are you prepared to share the good news with a world that's heading straight to hell? Did you know that you, those of you in Christ Jesus, have the antidote? for the world's sickness, and that sickness is sin. I'm often reminded of that beautiful song that we sing in church, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit of a reality. You know, when a woman is carrying child, all right, there is no exchange of blood between the mother and the child. The mother is connected to the child by the umbilical cord, so the child receives nutrition from the mother through the umbilical cord. But the blood type is determined by the father. And this is why Jesus was, excuse me, Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. We call it the, the immaculate conception, the virgin birth the seed of a woman that Genesis 3.15 talks about. His blood was 
perfect. It was innocent. There was no sin. When Jesus was born, he was born sinless. That's why the blood has the power. It has never lost its effect. That's why for centuries and centuries, it still has the same power to rescue, to sanctify, to change, to atone. And thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ, which covers and washes over multitude of sin. If it were not for that blood, who could stand before God when we face him on judgment day? You know, one day we will stand before him. We will know him as Lord and Savior or as judge. And those of us covered by the blood of Jesus will hear these words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And it's not because of any acts of righteousness or any good works or anything. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for you and for me. This is really serious, and we need to share this message with the world. 2 Peter 1, verses 10 through 11, it says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For such an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to make an appeal to you all listening to this broadcast. Playtime is over. The reality is that lives are at stake. Fathers Mothers, sons and daughters, friends. So many people that don't know the truth of God's word. The reality is serving Christ Jesus is not at all about, quote, living your best life now, end quote. Ask our brothers and sisters in the Middle East who face decapitation and prison and ask those in North Korea that stand for Christ, who are in labor camps, ask them, are they living their best life now? Ask those in China who have to meet in swamps in hiding at three and four in the morning and they have one page of the Bible that they've memorized and passed to family to family just to have the word in their heart. Ask them, are they living their best life now? You see, we're told oftentimes this uh, 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 you come to Christ and everything will be better. You'll tiptoe through the tulips, and that's not the reality. Jesus said, you will suffer. You will be persecuted. The world will hate you because of me. But he says that he that stands firm to the end shall be saved, and we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Glory to God. Let me tell you, we're so spoiled we're so spoiled in this country. We want a life of convenience. We want the path of least resistance. We want instant gratification and microwave Christianity. But the hardcore truth is that one day, everyone will see his face. The Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's time to get serious about our walk with Christ. The Bible says that we're to walk worthy of the call that is on our life. No more compromise. No more camouflage. No more distractions. No more lies. Live out loud for Jesus Christ. 
Reach the world for Jesus Christ. Come out of that closet. Hallelujah. Live out loud for Jesus Christ and stop being afraid to say, I am a follower of Jesus. I stand with the King. Hallelujah. The King of Kings. Go and bear much fruit. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. I charge you, all those listening today, to be available to anyone with an ear to hear. Share the word of God. Speak the truth with boldness, with clarity, and with love. And allow the Spirit of God to use you to be a mouthpiece here in the land of the living for His glory and His purpose. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may He inspire you today. I hope and pray that you are impacted. We will keep you in our prayers, and we hope that you keep us in yours. God bless you. Amen. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, please consider partnering with us with a love offering of any amount. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.